Uh, tonight's lesson is called The Goat on a Donkey. And um, it's really a cautionary tale, something that I think it's important that we look at. Because tonight I want to encourage you to be willing to reevaluate your perspective of God's work in your life. I want to encourage you tonight to ask yourself, to be willing to ask yourself, what if God is at work in my life in a way that is contrary to what I think he should be doing? In short, I want to encourage you tonight to, I want you to encourage you tonight to not let yourself put God into a box, you know, to, to put him in a space and to start and, and, and to not let yourself think, well, this is how God is supposed to do it. Um, but instead to be open, to let God really be God in our lives. Now, of course, there are things in uh, about God that are always true, things that, uh, that that cannot change. And the Bible tells us what those things are. Maybe if you're able to uh, to uh, to get on the on the chat there, you can post a couple things. Go ahead and share a couple things. What are some things that the Bible says about God that is true? I'll give you some examples right now while you think about it. First of all, the Bible says God is love. That's First uh, John chapter four verse eight. That is something we know that is true about God. The Bible says God is light. Uh, that's First John chapter one verse five. Uh, the Bible says God is good. Um, that is Luke eighteen verse nineteen. Uh, the Bible says that God is faithful. Uh, that's 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9. Uh, the Bible says that it is impossible for God to lie. Uh, that is Hebrew chapter 6, verse 18. Uh, the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. That's uh, Hebrew chapter 12, verse 29. Uh, God is, I see in the chat, God is able. Yes. Uh, absolutely, God is able. God is. It says God is forgiven. Probably means God is forgiving. I would. I, I would imagine that means right, James. Um, but um, but yeah, this is good. God keeps His promises. There is no darkness. Okay, here we go. Yes, there they are. So there are things that are true about God, and these are things that do not change. Uh, these are non-negotiable things. This is what the Bible teaches us, and this is the character of God. This is who he is. But how these qualities manifest themselves in our lives today, you know, in New Jersey, in the 21st century, in the United States, how these qualities, the eternal qualities manifest themselves can vary from person to person. You know, meaning that God is love, but how God shows his love to you may be different than God, how God shows it to me. Now, God showed his love by sending his son to die for everybody. That's that's but but there, but but how God manifests these qualities can be different from to from person to person. And so the point is, and the challenge is, is here, is that we got to keep our eyes open. We got to keep our eyes open. If we predecide that the only way that God can show his love to us is one particular way, he could be sitting right in front of us and we could miss it. We could miss it. If you've already decided that this is the way that it has to play out or this is the way that it's got to happen, 
God could be doing something right in front of us, and we could run the risk of, of missing it. That is why we've got to always be learning. That is why, brothers, we've got to always be listening to God. It's why we've got to always be humble to God and always open to God's guidance and his spirit in our lives. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? God is moving, and we've got to be watching for that. Let me read to you an example of what I'm talking about right from the scriptures, all right? I'm going to read to you Luke chapter 19, and this is our main text that we're going to look at tonight. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 28, verse 28, Luke chapter 19, it says, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who sent, uh, those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying this colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the uh, Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, Jesus wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within the walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. What a tragic ending to this story, right? But let's recap this story for a moment. So here Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, and he sends a couple of his disciples ahead to get a, a donkey, a colt, a baby donkey, or a young donkey. And this, believe it or not, was to fulfill a scripture. It was to fulfill a scripture that was written in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, about Jesus. And it says, this is Zechariah 9, verse 9. It says, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so Jesus, to fulfill this prophecy, sends some guys ahead. They get this donkey, this colt, 
and bring it back. Jesus is riding this donkey in towards Jerusalem. And as he proceeds, people start to get excited and they start throwing their cloaks on the ground and, and on the road as he's going. And they start loudly praising God because of all the miracles that they'd seen Jesus done. And they're very excited. They're yelling out and they begin to bother the Pharisees. The Pharisees seem to get annoyed and they tell Jesus to rebuke his father, like tell them to be quiet. What is wrong with those people? Be quiet. And I love, I love what Jesus says. Jesus replies, listen, if they keep quiet, the stones are going to cry out. Jesus is like, listen, dude, this is this is way bigger than you. This is a this is this is going to happen no matter what. Jesus said, if they don't say something, somebody's going to praise because this is this is this is too good. What's going on? And so they continue on, but as they approach Jerusalem, the mood starts to change, and Jesus goes and he starts looking over the city. The Bible says. And he clearly, as he looks over the city, he clearly communicates how much he cares for the people. And he starts to reflect on the, the misfortune that is coming on the city and the people of Jerusalem. And he says, as he's looking out, remember he says there, he says, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. He says, but now it is hidden from your eyes. He's talking about himself, and he's talking about how the people of Jerusalem didn't see him, and they, they didn't understand who he was. And then he goes on, and of course, he speaks of their Im impending doom that is coming up, and he ends, he ends it and says, the reason why this doom is coming, because he says, you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. In fact, he's so moved by how sad the situation is. The Bible says Jesus weeps. There's only one other time that Jesus weeps in the Bible. And uh, here is, is, is one of those two times. And the Bible says he weeps because he's so saddened by their situation and how they did not recognize. It's, and it is a sad situation. Why? It's sad because they have the goat right? The greatest of all time, Jesus, sitting there on a donkey, and they missed it. They completely missed it. Why? Because God's character changed? No. God is still God. God is still love. God is still forgiving. God is still light. God is still faithful. God is still good. God is still all those things that we said earlier on, but they missed it because he clearly wasn't what they were expecting him to be. And they missed it. They missed it. What were they looking for? What is it that they were looking for? Well, this particular passage doesn't say what they're looking for, but you can just read the Gospels and you can see, you get an idea of what they were looking for. They were looking for something way more spectacular. They were looking for something way more sensational. They were looking for uh, a lot more fireworks than what Jesus brought. You know, they were probably looking for a king that would come in with an army and conquer the Romans. I mean, they were looking, they thought that, that God coming will, would look a very specific way. And the sad thing is Jesus did come. He was right there. 
and they and, and it was their own expectations that caused them to miss him this brothers this right here is a cautionary tale for you and for me isn't it we have to be careful not to repeat this same error we have to learn from what we just read we have to always be seekers of God. We have to always be learning about God. We have to always be growing in our relationship with God. We always have to be changing in our relationship with God. We always have to be listening to God. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a week or if you've been a Christian for, you know, a decade. It doesn't matter how long. We've always got to be seeking God. Let us always pray. Let us always be people who are praying for guidance and praying for clarity and praying for wisdom from God. Let's be people who read the same scriptures again, the scriptures we've already read, but we, be, we read them again and we look for new insights into the scriptures, not because the scripture changed, but because we've changed and because we're different and we're trying to keep up with where God is taking us. We've got to always ask ourselves, how does this scripture apply to me today? I know I've read it a hundred other times, but how does it apply to me today? How can I see it in a way I've never seen it before? What is God teaching me now? How is God trying to show himself to me now in, in my circumstances right now? That's who we've got to be. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves missing Jesus because of our own expectations of what we think he's supposed to be. Let's not be the, uh, the religious Pharisee that finds ourselves getting annoyed because uh, at those who don't fit the expectations that we think they're supposed to have. Let us not be, <clears throat> let us not predetermine what we think God's power is supposed to look like in our lives. Let us not be sitting next to Jesus and miss him because he's just sitting on a donkey when we think he should be sitting on something else. But let's, again, be seekers and let's be learners and growers and let's be people who are changing. Let's learn from this story. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword that <clears throat> penetrates into dividing the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Let's be men who love the word, who not just love the word when we're together now, but who love the word every day, who spend time opening it up and, 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 and trying to learn something new and understand something new about what it is that God is trying to teach us. That is your cautionary tale for tonight. Let's be, let us not miss the goat on the donkey. All right, we're gonna break up into our discussion groups, all right? We're gonna have discussion groups and um, we've got eight different groups tonight and we're gonna, as soon as I activate it, you're gonna get to choose where you, you wanna go. They're just labeled group one through seven, but the, the last group is, is labeled Spanish speaking. So if you are one of our Spanish speaking brothers and sisters, I'm going to encourage you all to choose that one because um, that way, because with Zoom, when we break into groups, we lose our interpreter and, it, and, and then we don't want anybody to miss out. 
But here I've got two discussion questions for you. All right, we're gonna break into groups. We'll break into groups for 15 minutes. And after the 15 minutes is over, we'll come back together, we'll say a prayer, and then we'll close out our time together. Uh, but here, here are the two questions. And you don't have to say anything, all right? If you're if you think, ah, I just want to sit quiet and I just wanna, I just wanna think, that's okay. There's no obligation here. But I would encourage you if uh, if you're up for it, here are the two good questions. One, question number one: what uncomfortable situation are you in right now? What uncomfortable situation are you in right now? When I wrote that question at first, I thought I wrote it as, are you in an uncomfortable situation right now? Is God leading you into? Un and then I thought, of course he is. <laughs> He's always leading us places that we may or may not want to go in our lives. And there's always times that we're, our faith is being stretched. So the question is actually, what is that situation? What situation where your faith you are being stretched right now in your faith. And then the second question to answer in this discussion is, how can you make sure you recognize God in the middle of that situation? How can you make sure that as your faith is being stretched or, or, uh, or pulled, if you're in an uncomfortable situation that God's got you, as you're in the situation, how can you make sure that we're not like the people of Jerusalem? How can we make sure that we see God for where he's at in this situation. How can you, what is the uncomfortable situation you are in and how can you make sure you still recognize God?